Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast, here again with Ryan Pudick on the last episode of the series top 10 ways to increase the value and enjoyment on your farm. Um, Last week we tackled invasive species removal and this week we're going to tackle a more broad concept but one that is often overlooked. Um, A lot of times by first-time landowners or investors or um, people that have just had farms in their family for generations and that is literally just general maintenance. So Very similar to the rest of the stuff we talk about, it is largely going to depend on your goals, but without question, whatever your goals are, there is always some sort of maintenance that needs to take place. So just like the rest of the episodes, we will roll through, uh, answer basic questions. What is it? Where is it? When would you do it? Why and how? And then we'll kind of at the very end tie in, um, you know, how it increases the value and enjoyment. Um, we'll kind of tackle that stuff as we go through, but that's how we will wrap up. That's this format. So what is it? It could be a million things, but in general, maintenance on a farm, when I think of that, I think of it as keeping the farm clean, right? Or keeping it uh, in line with what your goal is, because as a farm owner, Things are always happening. They're preventing you from doing what you want. Now, I don't even mean that in a bad way. That sounds like it's it's so challenging, but there's always things that happen, whether it's grass growing, trees falling, somebody dumping trash, uh, anything. uh, uh, Maintaining fences. Fences. If you have fences, you know, uh, if you're a cattle guy, you know, things like that. Uh, Erosion control. Uh, I mean, the list is never ending as a landowner. So we, I'm sure we're going to miss some on this, um, and we didn't even largely prepare for this episode because it's so, so kind of vast and broad that we thought that we'd just kind of chat about it and talk about our experiences with it and uh, cover as much as we know, but we will miss things on this because general maintenance is largely tied to the specific farm. You know, like if you have a barn, uh, I was just at a farm the other day where the guy hadn't picked up the barn in four years or whatever it was in it's fine for the most part. Buyers can see through that stuff, but that's what I'm talking about. On each individual farm, there's going to be different things that require maintenance. Okay, so that is what it what it is. Actually, now that we're going through this, these questions are kind of weird for general maintenance. But like, where it's everywhere. Like, we don't we don't have to talk about that. Like, I mean, there's some things that happen on every farm that we can tell you where. Like cleaning up field edges, if you have any sort of tillable, that is where, like that happens. Have you, how often do you clean your field edges every year on? Oh, every farm's different, but uh, if we do it, if we do one entire farm this year, you won't really have to touch them again for four to five years. Four to five years. Yeah. And so what we're talking about there is, and that's, that'd be general maintenance, right? Yeah, there's for no, sure. There's no, um, it increases or decreases probably the time on the market because it looks better. But what we're talking about there, and a lot of the times the farmers will do this, but a lot of times they won't. On the edge of your field, <clears throat> trees fall in, 
those honeysuckle Russian olives, the hedges all start growing out to try to get that sunlight. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you do nothing to a field, a 10 acre field could turn into a nine and a half in one year, turn into a nine the next year. So general maintenance is just keeping that boundary clean. That is one that I can think of that's like, that's a specific where location. Is there anything else that's short lake edge? Yeah, like, you know, around a lake, because um, a lot of that stuff can just be fish cover that can be just cut right into yeah, the lake. But um, you'll push it and throw it in, but you have yeah. to do something with it. Like, right. we unfortunately, again, we record most of these, and we are today out at, <clears throat> excuse me, out of my personal farm. Unfortunately, my personal farm gets neglected probably more than most because we're always doing stuff on other farms. And I don't know. When was the last time we cleaned these shores? It was probably shorelines. It was two, two years ago. Two, three years ago. And they need it pretty bad. There's some spots where these brushes are like, look like they're full grown again. So general maintenance is just the cost of doing business when you're in the land investing or ownership game. Um, <clears throat> we missing anything that has a specific wear? No, I mean, if you, you got some tillable and it's not draining properly, you can put some field tile in, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that. Cutting, like you said, cutting back your field edges. You know, there's, as a lander, the list is, it never ends. Yeah. I mean, there's always stuff to do. Well, I know one, and this is probably the most infuriating, uh, roadsides. If you own yeah. a farm with roadsides, it's nice to keep them clean and mow it, which you don't have to, but that is part of some maintenance. But even if you don't mow it, like... It's what, once, twice a year for somebody dumps crap? Oh, I mean, just the garbage that people throw out their windows driving by. Yeah. You know, you're just picking that up every couple every couple times a year. Um, like I touched on before, you've got fences. If, if you know, you want to maintain those fences, great. You get, it, it, and it's maintenance every year because yeah. you get a tree that'll fall on a section of fence. You got to rebuild it or so on and so forth. Um, if you don't really care, then just let it go. But Well, sort of. So <clears throat> that's true if you're not going to sell it. But for these, we're talking about like increasing value. So I would say, and I have this problem here, this farm isn't for sale, so it's a little different. But um, it was last year, I think, that I got something in the mail. I don't even know if I told you this. Somebody from the police, someone in the middle of the night drove through my fence. Just like got in an accident, went through, and... I haven't fixed it. I probably should go fix it. But like, really, if you're going to sell a farm, you should either fix it or just get rid of the whole fence. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, don't, it's better to have, it's kind of like websites, you know, these days. It's like, it's better to not have a website than have one from 1980s. Same concept for like some of these fences. If it looks like crap and you're not maintaining it, hire us or somebody for a day or two and just get rid of it because having a bad fence is worse than having no fence because a buyer comes up and is like, man, that fence, it's either going to cost me this much to... Yeah, they look at it as a liability. Yeah, or it's going to cost me this much to get rid of mm -hmm. it in general. So pick your poison, but either way, it has to be maintained. So road frontage is another. Um, we can get into more that aren't like location specific, but I'm trying to think of ones that happen commonly in the same place. Um, if you're... Well, this is... This is specific to a farm, but waterfowl properties, levees, they're a nightmare. That's fine. You have to know it. Muskrats. Right. Again, we're out here at the Landco farm. We put in a new little levee, new uh, um, agri-drain valve, and sure enough, muskrat made it through, and it's, it's awful. So we have to go back and fix it. But if you have a property with water or uh, compoundments, 
Yeah, just you, you, something as simple as your overflow. If you if you do have yeah. a lake, you know you got to make sure that the overflow, especially in the spring, isn't clogged or or have a bunch of debris around it so that the lake can drain when we get those big rains in the spring. Yep. So that's another location specific one. Um, other than that, it's like most of the stuff is common sense. Keeping the stuff mowed that you planned on mowing, keeping the buildings looking somewhat nice. Listen, we're talking about farm buildings and pole barns, so it's not like we're not talking about staging like a residential realtor. It just shouldn't look like, well, it shouldn't look like my garage just now. <laughs> but it shouldn't look, well, we're talking about when you're going to resell it. So it should look, when a buyer walks in, they shouldn't think of all the problems that they have on their minds right, right away. So... Yeah, road frontages, fields, you can put tile, clean them up, uh, lake stuff, general maintenance on a lake, that probably includes stocking, which I think we talked about that in the last series, not necessarily this one, but first question everybody asks when they're buying a lake, what's stocked? Yeah, or how deep. And how deep, and when was it stocked? You know, half the time, they're like, oh yeah, we got pike and muskie in there. When'd you stock them? 68. It's like, well, those are gone. <laughs> They're dead. Those are dead. So there is some lake maintenance, um, whether you're in, even to go to feeding them and stuff like that, which we talked about, that would be maintenance. But even just keeping the population in check, how many lakes that we get to are unbalanced because they don't maintain it? I would say 90%. 90. If Yeah, at least. And people are like, oh, I don't let anybody fish here. It's like, you, know, you need to. You need you to need take to, out. X amount of fish every yeah. single year to maintain because the lake is just like a piece of property. There's only so much carrying capacity. Yep. And once once you get to that level, that the high end level of that, your your fish don't have enough food to eat, and that's where they become what's called stunted. Yeah. So maintenance uh, as far as lakes. Um, where else are we missing on uh, maintenance? Because again, there's if you have trails, maintaining those. Yes. And that could be from trees falling. It could be from encroachment, encroachment. You know, growing in, things yep. like that. So, Sorry, I need to drink my throat. We're on recording episode number five, so <clears throat> losing my voice. Um, what else are we missing? I mean, there's tons. Literally, you oh, We're missing all kinds of stuff. You could drive. Well, how many farmers do you buy that have a dump spot? Everyone. Every farm that you buy, somebody has has a ravine or a ditch. Kind of like my boat graveyard. <laughs> full of old farm trash, you know, just junk that they didn't take to the landfill or they didn't, you know, get rid of properly. And they just find every farm has got a dump ditch. Yep. So you got to clean that up and that stuff. You will know each farm is specific, but you drive around your farm or the farm that you're interested in buying and you will know within that one drive into the maintenance requirements of that farm. And that does turn off some buyers, um, but we do that for our clients. So it's not. Oh, we've got a, a ton of clients, absentee landowners, that when they come to the farm, they want to enjoy it and have fun. Not that they don't want to work because all of them do something, but they don't want to come there and spend all weekend cutting trees because they've fallen on their paths or, yep. uh, I don't know, there's maybe some erosion issues. They don't want to have to try to do that themselves when they come to the farm, when they only have two days to be there. Say it's a Saturday and Sunday. Then uh, We have tons of clients that yep. we do that for. So uh, 
each farm is specific, but you will know going around it. But we can tell, and Ryan will attest to this, and not just us, any broker in the world, you can tell from the second you walk on the farm whether it's maintained or not. And the value hit for farms that aren't maintained, it may not affect the price as much, but time on market for a price that has for a piece of property that hasn't been maintained, it's a hard sell because then then your client is somebody that's experienced with land and that doesn't scare them. Okay, I need to spend two weeks cleaning this up. But you know, we're we're here in central Illinois and we sell a lot of farms to Chicago, St. Louis, Chicago, big city guys, and they see it and they pull up and you know, like our goal is to have someone pull up to a farm and say, this is awesome. This, I can see myself here. And when they pull up and all they see is things that need done, it's over. It's done. done. So um, that is the, you know, in terms of this series, increasing the, the value, that is the value. Like you are not getting that money back. You spend 500 bucks cleaning up a dump site. You're not increasing the value of your farm for $500, but you are, you are decreasing the time on the market and, cre and increasing the potential buyers. Uh, so that is it. <clears throat> I don't know if we missed anything. We don't, why and how are pretty self-explanatory. We don't, you do it so the farm looks good. Looks better. It looks better. How, unfortunately, there's no easy how. It is like man manual labor for the most part, which is why we end up doing it for a lot of our clients, but field edges you can do with machinery. A lot of it you can do with like small bobcat machinery, but it's not like an overnight fix. It is always an ongoing battle, and uh, but it's important. It's something that if you don't do, it will certainly hurt the uh, resale value of your farm. In terms of enjoyment, it's hard to enjoy a farm Again, we always go back to houses because that's what people understand. But if you don't maintain a house and you walk in and it's a mess, it is impossible to enjoy yourself uh, in something like that. And that is the case with the farm. You come out to a farm and all you see is work, you turn around and drive home. So I think that's it for this one. And it actually wraps up the series, uh, top 10 ways to increase the value and enjoyment of your farm. It is not all-inclusive. I'm sure we miss things, but those are just the top few things that we um, go through every time we look at a farm. We're kind of anticipating all those things. What, what's it going to take to do all those things to get it to the point where it's more, uh, well, both more appealing and more valuable to resale buyers? And which of those will help increase the enjoyment while we own it? Because that is, for us, well, for many of our investors, one of the best uh, benefits of being in the land investing game is it is not only financially rewarding, but it is extremely fun. It provides benefits for like yourself. You get to go out there with your family, create memories. So for us, these things that increase the value, but both increase that and the enjoyment, um, they're just things that we do. We very, very rarely... Um, either for ourselves or for a client, buy a farm with the plan of doing nothing. The only circumstance I could think of there is buying like a flat tillable farm where it's out of sight, out of mind. You buy it because of the return, sign a lease with the farmer, 
in the agreement, he mows the roadsides and it is done. And we have clients that want that, but for the most part, um, we focus on these pieces that need a little love and attention because that's where a lot of times we can find value uh, in owning it and reselling it. So all of these things that we've been through, and again, it's not everything, but those are the things that we come across most often. They are very important um, when you're considering getting into the land investment game. So that is it for this series. Um, little sneak peek for the series that is coming up next, I believe. There may be one in the middle, but the next one is going to be um, similar to this, but more focused on the land investment side. I'm gonna break down kind of the uh, principles of successful land investing and what that entails and how it works. And it might be a longer series. We're trying to figure out how to, to shake that down. Right now, I think we're at 20 or 21 episodes that I can think of. I, that's probably too long, but we're, we're doing that. But a lot of our investors call and have never done it before. And so I walk them through it, but it's hard to walk people through it because it is, there's no one size fits all solution for that. So through that upcoming series, we're gonna to try to walk you through all the variables, what to think of, how it works, how to plan for it, and what to expect. So that is next on the docket. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this series. And we will give you a heads up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff on when the following series will be out. But um, again, thanks for listening to this series and we will catch you soon on just our normal ongoing podcast as well as the next series coming up hopefully in the next month or two. Thanks for listening.